Good evening, everyone. Don't forget, we've got seminars coming up. We've got a seminar. It's a problem-solving seminar in Nashville, Chicago, and New Jersey. Go to jeffgelmanseminars.com, jeffgelmanseminars.com. You can get our full schedule and purchase both working and audit spots. Good evening. Hello, Joel. Hey, how are you? Good, really good. This is Jeff Gelman of Solid Canine Training and the wonderful Joel. This is the What Would Jeff Do show. We stream every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you're looking for the Wake the Fuck Up with Jeff show at 8 a.m. every Tuesdays and Thursdays, that's exclusively in the community. The community is a fantastic place. We're constantly putting, it's a paid membership platform. You can join monthly or yearly, but with yearly, you get all kinds of free stuff, and we'll be adding even more free stuff. But there's also coaching calls, for instance, tomorrow, 4 p.m., we've got a coaching call in the community, which is done by Skype, so it's face-to-face, voice-to-voice, so it's much different than this right now. And camera issue, and nobody wants to see that. (laughs) There we go. All right. So, um... We're all flustered now. We don't even know what we're talking about. I'm not flustered at all. Okay. All right. I'm fine. Just making sure that the the, the, the right cam was on. Uh, this is a Q&A show. You'll be typing in your questions. Uh, I'll be giving you, uh, Joel will read them and I'll be giving you answers. Everything is, is everything that we suggest works. We're not going to sugarcoat things for you. We're not going to make up all kinds of weird protocols for you. We're going to, teach you all dog training most people ask on how to stop things most dog trainers don't know how to stop things they only know actually how to um train obedience but when it comes to behavior modification such as stopping separation anxiety effectively um they they don't know then they'll refer you to a veterinary behaviorist who also doesn't know and then also includes drugs and when you can just stop it usually in a day usually in a day or two so it doesn't take long doesn't take um, long at all to stop separation anxiety. There's a lot more work after you've that first couple of days, but stopping the destruction of the kennel, the barking, the the, the self mutilating, the the you know, everything. We've got a dog here now. In fact, the separation anxiety course. Joel will put a link up into it. Today's the last day you can get it on pre-sale, and Joel's adding videos every day to that course. Um, so. Let's start the show. Okay. Avi says, hello, all. Hey, Avi, how hello. are you? Hello, Avi. Snuggle Buns says, hey, everyone. Constance says, happy Friday. Hey, happy, guys. Happy Friday. Let's see. Jan says, hello. Hey, Jan. Hey, Jan. Okay, Wolf says, hey, friends. And hey, how are you? Let's see. Jay, dog growls when certain company pets her in her kennel. Out of the kennel, she's fine. Should I just tell people to ignore her in the kennel? Yeah. Everybody should ignore her in the kennel. And it's not because it's your safe place. Oh, well, but that's your safe place. It's like, no, it's just proper protocol. Like, we don't have to put an explanation to it. We can just say, don't pet the dog in the kennel. But now from a animal behavioral aspect of all this, a lot of dogs feel very confined, very threatened. They can't escape. They know they can't escape. They can only do one thing, and that's to lunge forward or growl. And that's how they move away th- potential threats. 
It doesn't make a difference if the person is a dog lover. See, everybody always goes towards that too. I don't understand my friend is a dog lover. Do you really think that dog knows what movies that person likes, what books that person likes, what their job is, how much money they make a year, and that they're a dog lover? The dog has no idea. So make it a easy rule. Leave the dog alone. And then the dog in the kennel should be lying down and quiet. No noise, no nonsense, no barking, no spinning around, no excitement. The dog should pretty much look bored in the kennel. And that will help also with separation anxiety. If you, if you don't have it, you'll have better crate manners. And you can also, I believe very, very firmly that, that humans create separation anxiety. I feel very firmly about that. Why? I've been doing this for a long time, and we see it. We see humans, unfortunately, create it. Now, sometimes they create it by default. They just don't know. Nobody says, hey, I think in the month of February, I'm going to have my dog become separation anxious. And um, but, but what happens is, slowly over time, they're doing things, and they're not doing things that are creating this. I also don't believe in, um, you know, what do people like to call it? Containment phobia. Containment phobia. I don't believe in containment phobia at all. So let's just stop coming up with a lot of these fancy things like containment phobia because it makes you, oh, the dog is afraid of the kennel. The dog's not afraid of the kennel. The dog's not afraid of being contained. And some people say, well, the dog does fine out of the kennel. That doesn't mean they've got a phobia. That just means they don't know how to behave in a kennel. That's all. Next. Um, let's see. Jennifer says, how do you get a dog used to nail cutting who pulls away and nips at hands when you try to clip them? So muzzle the dog, number one. We have a nail clipping course just because a lot of people struggle with nail clipping. So there, there'll be punishment involved, believe it or not. There's punishment involved. Remember, all unwanted behaviors, in order to stop them, there's punishment involved. This is the biggest issue. Most people don't understand what punishment is. They don't. I'm just. Wes is breathing up a storm over there. I know. He's working up a. Wesley, can you chill out, please? So most people don't even understand what punishment is. They have zero, they have zero idea, and then they'll also be like, "Oh, you don't need to do that." I'm like, "Well, if you want to stop and unwanted behavior, you do." And then people will say, "Well, no, you just train an alternative behavior. Make a make another behavior that you want better. You're still not getting rid of the the the, the unwanted behavior. Believe it or not, you're not. Now, of course, you." reinforce wanted behaviors. That's what we do too. That's called dog training. But you have to eliminate the unwanted behavior. And if you're going to skirt from that issue, you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle and your dog's going to struggle. It's really not um it's really not fair. It's not fair to you. It's not fair to your family. It's not fair to a relationship you're in. It's not fair to a potential relationship you could be in, but you're not because dog can't be around people. So the application of a punisher to instill an inhibitor to stop an unwanted behavior, it's a very common thing for dog trainers that are very, very effective in eliminating these things. Next. Um, Jeannie says, good evening, J&J. &J. Hey, hey, Jeannie. Jeannie. How are you? Snuggle Bun said, I get that all the time. Oh, he's friendly because he knows I'm a GSD person. Yeah. No, my GSD is friendly with everyone. Right. Right. That's just, this is just, just like, these are, and, and then, then these people, like, want to give you dog training advice mm -hmm. it's just like you can be farther from the truth your dog doesn't know you're a gsd person at all like how would a dog ever know that how would a dog ever know that you really want to you really want to 
put yourself in a power position and get a dog to respect you, walk in a room and ignore a dog. Ignore the dog. You'd be surprised. And I'm not talking about your own dog. I'm talking about just someone else's dog. The biggest mistake to do is to immediately pay attention to someone else's dog, especially when they told you not to, but especially if you don't know everything about the dog. Next. Um, Nancy said, I agree. A lot of people project their baggage on the dog. Most people. Most people, not only, not only baggage, but potential baggage. Meaning, if you do this, this will happen. And I'm like, you have no idea what you're talking about. And the reason why you're not doing this, such as stopping the behavior, because you think something else bad is going to happen, which never comes to fruition at all. It just, it just doesn't. I would say that the majority of dogs in the last 20 years, we're talking 10,000 dogs. We've trained a lot of dogs. Okay, I don't just do a podcast. We've trained a lot of dogs. Um, uh, most of these dogs with extremely, extremely serious behaviors. I mean, I've worked with vicious dogs. We work with highly aggressive dogs. We work with massive separation anxiety. We work with um, leash reactivity. Obviously, we work with happy-go-lucky dogs as well. Everybody learns obedience. Everybody learns how to stop unwanted behaviors. And then we teach the dogs actually how to have a better state of mind. But all these dogs are coming in with all these problems. They're not being told no, effectively. The owners might say no, but that's just a two-letter word that has zero meaning to it, to a dog. So I think it's important for folks to understand that it's not do, like doing everything we suggest to stop an unwanted behavior doesn't make it worse. Because whatever you did prior, you made it worse. And I'm not here to, that's not a blaming, shaming comment, but it's like, I'm not making it worse. You, you're the one that brought this dog in biting people. Like you've already done, a, you've already done your job. Let me do my job. Next. Jeannie said, I'm happy to report my Husky Shepherd mix dog will be starting therapy dog visiting to a hospital awesome. on Wednesday on February 14th. My two dogs will become blood donors. I will see how they do with that. Awesome. Great. Awesome. Great. Just find out if you can, if this organization allows you to feed your dogs raw, if you are feeding raw, they don't let, they don't want raw mm -hmm. fed dogs going into hospitals, which is silly. Anyway, it's like, but you, can you put flea and tick medicine on their backs? you know, which is poison that can be transferred easily to a human hand. Next. Or do they have um, those flea and tick cowers? What are those called? The Seresto? The Seresto cowers. Anybody touches those, that's like really bad to touch. Really bad to touch. What else? Is that your phone? What was that? Mm -hmm. Oh. Um, Miss Murphable said, evening, y'all. Hey, how are you? Mm. Um, Nancy said, this is the first dog I ever created. It's wonderful. If I have a work done in the house i create him also no need for him to meet everyone that comes in my house yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it's, yeah. it's it's just smart dog ownership mm -hmm. and everyone makes an excuse like it's so incredible people's there are so many people that are so against crating and i'm just like why like why are you against crating mm -hmm. you're probably against a bunch of other rules too for sure you're probably against structure you're probably against consequences why would you be against what's the big deal it's the safest place. It's the safest place for the dog. It really is. I mean, how many dogs a year die from household accidents from not being that could have been prevented or stopped from if they were created? How many? How many dogs mm. would still be here? I know a handful. I know. I, 
you know, you know, somebody wasn't a client of ours at all. It wasn't even a friend of yours, but he just heard it from a friend that their dog, um, it was a below one year old dog, jumped up on the kitchen counter, ate a whole bottle of Tylenol or, or whatever, ibuprofen, yeah. and died. If that dog was crate, nobody was home. If that dog was, if that dog was crated, well, guess what? They wouldn't have done it. Next. Hey, Lisa, just want to thank you guys. A trainer I was working with told me that the fearful dog I'm rehabbing looked too stressed and fearful in a video I shared. Had me questioning my ideals and career with what they said. Imposter syndrome is my biggest hurdle, so that didn't help. But I rewatched Greener Graduate too and instantly felt better about my work. Your courses and community will always revalidate me and when I'm unsure of myself. Right, right. So a fearful dog looked fearful when you're rehabbing it. Hmm, interesting. So a lot of dogs that are fearful will always look fearful during training. Right. Even non-fearful dogs that have never had boundaries or anything like that set up. Um will also sometimes look nervous because they're not used to being told what to do next but i'm glad that um we're a resource for you for that because okay. imposter syndrome is real yep. yeah i do a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching on um imposter people with you know young trainers that are starting out and getting them over things next dar said yes when you ignore a dog when you meet it you can see the dog's demeanor change for the good yep Mm -hmm. Usually, always. Usually, always. People don't understand what spatial pressure is. They don't understand what spatial pressure is. And putting food in your hands and walking up to a dog, or, or walking up a dog to a dog with your hand out so it'll sniff it, is spatial pressure. That's sort of an old wives' tale on how to meet a dog. Best way to not to meet a meet a dog is not to meet a dog. Um, Von Fraunhofer, German Shepherds, mm -hmm. got it. See, on here it's spaced out so I can read it. It's when it's on Instagram and it's all just one big word. My brain just like scrambles it. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I have a little dyslexia or something. You were never, you were never good at those, those, those uh, uh, circle things on the when all the the like, word searches. The word searches. No, you hated them. They pissed me off really? so bad. Yeah. Um, was out at our truck dealership getting a truck fixed, doing public access with my five and a half month old. The gentleman checking me out had no clue that I had my puppy with me. Mm -hmm. We came in all the time, but he's like, darn, I didn't even know she was there. Mm -hmm. What a good dog. Made me feel very good. Yep. And I've learned a lot from you as well. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. Like I also approached and did ask if he could pet my puppy. I told him no. We were in training. Mm -hmm. She was super chill. Yep. Sat there and the guy moved on very politely. Good. That's how it's supposed to be. Yep. Good for you. Sounds like a win-win for everybody. For real. Joyful Canines, for the coaching call, curious if it's possible to have more than one person chatting on the video at the same time with you guys. God, no. So it can be troubleshooting and questions on the same topic or just in chat. No, this is Jesse. We would actually prefer if people got their, not that we know everything, but we would prefer if, if people got the answers from us. I'm I'm confused. I'm trying to figure out what she means. She Possible mean, to have more than one like person. Some group thing, like in other words, two or three people answering the same oh. thing. It's like I prefer not. Now, yeah, it would just be hard. It's just it, it would be a shit show. But also, that's not the that's not the goal. Also, please keep in mind, a lot of people have complained when other people chime in. Yeah. So when people are doing like. Even on his podcast, 
if people are like, they'll, they'll tag the person that asked the question before we even have a chance to answer it, by the way, and they'll give their advice. That has upset people. People don't like that. They're not joining the show to hear from other people. They want to hear from us. That's why they join the show. So what I would suggest is, for other trainers, is create your own podcast. Create your own Q&A show. That's what I would suggest. But don't hijack the traffic of other people's shows and do that. People join the coaching not to talk in the, in, in, in the posts. We, people, a lot of people do that because it's, it's, it's a public, it's the forum. But on the live coaching calls, it's twice a month. We have a limited amount of time and people want to hear from us. Next. Metal Chicksa said, good evening, friends. Hey. Good evening. I had a friend ask me for help with her sister's dog who's jumping. Hey. Got to recommend and send your videos and felt so honored to be an example worth asking. Awesome. That's great. great. Yeah. And, you know, it's, 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 and it's another, that's another behavior that is uh, a lot of lies and unethical suggestions and training protocols are yep. suggested. You know, I, almost every place, almost every, every place when you look up how to stop jumping it's always a process where the dog is allowed to jump more than once in other words turn your back on the dog okay first of all don't turn your back on the dog your dog will sometimes bite you in the shin or the ass um but also how many times is a jog dog jumping on your back oh Tell the dog to sit. So you have a dog that's highly aroused, rushes the door and jumps. In from in a state of arousal, in a state of drive, it's going to go into a sit. Dogs can do that, but chances are that dog can't. Also, how many times does it jump on you before it sits? And then you probably tell it how good it is. So now you're training the dog. It's simple common sense. So if I, if I was jump, if I was doing something two, three times to somebody, and they sort of like didn't say anything, and they finally said stop it, or if they were like stop it, stop it, stop it, and then on the third time they said, can you please go away? And when they went away, they gave them twenty bucks. Oh, so but when I'm staying away from the person, they don't pay me. But if I bother them, bother them, bother them, and then go away, I get 20 bucks. I get it. I understand. So after whining for 10 minutes, my parents will bring me to McDonald's, which is disgusting in itself, but it's also bad parenting. So what's the kid going to do? He's not going to politely ask to go to McDonald's. He's going to whine and cry to go to McDonald's. Why? Because you've trained the kid to do so. These are simple, logical, common sense things. So how do you stop a dog from jumping? You make it suck to jump. We have a video that shows how to stop jumping in one to three seconds. Dogs in our care do not jump on us. Ever. Maybe on day one, because we haven't trained it to stop. But after that, they do not jump on us. And we're with these dogs 24-7, working them constantly. Next. 
speaking of, it just made me think of the, so I just posted a video the other day in the community on how we stopped jumping day one. Mm. And then like how we stopped like the crate arousal. Mm. And then today we just filmed a really good video. There's a door, a dog that we have in right now who like rushes the front door, barks. We're showing how we stop that, how we do our doorbell drills. And then we're getting another dog in sometime in February who's like a bad counter surfer, like bad. We'll seal everything. How we stop counter surfing. I'm going to put this all into a mini course. Community members are going to get it. I'm actually going to drip the videos out as they're edited. So you guys get first access. Mm. Um, But we're going to launch it probably what? 47 bucks how yep. to stop all these bad behaviors yeah, but that's, the, that's it's, but it's like this is stuff that people just aren't being shown how to do right but right. it's like at the top of the pain point list yeah absolutely and 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 the great thing about the community is like there's exclusive content in there community is wonderful mm-hmm. if you had a solid canine academy joel already put the link up but if you go to solid canine academy it's right on the front page it's a little community tab and what's going to happen is when you're a yearly member Right now, the price is fixed. So when you renew in a year, you pay that same price. But eventually, the price is going to be upwards towards $1,000. Now it's below 400 for the year. But pretty soon, we'll be putting in so much content that pretty much a lot of stuff, not everything, but a lot of stuff is going to be in that community. And that's the, it's like, oh, you need help with your dog? You need help with your business? You need help with this? You need help with that? Great. Join our community. And we'll just keep putting courses in it. Yeah, and your and your grandfather. Eventually, we're really toying with the idea of making it just a one-stop shop. Yeah, like yep, you just yeah. get everything. You get everything in there. Next, let's see. Joyful Canines said, "I would literally go insane without a crate option. I don't take clients to board and train there at their house if not crate trained, unless a senior dog, easy peasy, too stressful and anxiety." Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, you know, there's so many dogs that don't know how to behave in a crate, so it's 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 important that like and i know i know people that own like overnight boarding that are crateless it's a fucking shit show i'm like well, why, why do you do it they're like because the, the clients like it i'm like well how do you and your staff like it we hate it i'm like well then why don't you change your business model i would never send my dog to a open concept boarded boarding place i would never do that I would never do that. Like, do they all roam around together mm-hmm. or do they just get like big rooms? No, they roam around together. Wow, that's scary. Yeah. Now, some of them might get big rooms. Well, that's just a kennel. Right. That's just a kennel then. There's still a door and they're still the only ones in there. That's still like, technically a kennel. Yeah. It's too big of a kennel that a dog needs, but they're also in it all day long. Mm-hmm. You know, some of them don't even go out because they've got, you know, it's, 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 it's set up that they can soil inside there. You know, but it's also they're also really loud those places. So yeah. Um. Yeah, Katie. It looks like yours was cut off. So if you want to retype it, and then we can read it. Um. Snuggle Buns in the community has been great. I love reading everyone's posts and seeing different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been really good. Everyone in there has been very yeah. supportive. I mean, and... a paid platform is you're not going to get trolls. You're not going to get yeah exactly. You should, if you look at assholes, and if you do, we remove them. Yeah. It's as simple as that. We just we just like you're 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 kicked out. You're kicked out. We don't put up with bullshit. I mean, it's like this is what people have to do. It's like literally kick people out, remove them. Nope, you're never we'll go as far as like you can't even buy courses from us anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Trust me. And we and we it's not like we don't need the business. Of course we need the business. We're business owners. 
you know, we're small business owners, but I'm not going to let some person do that and then be, 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 be able to, you know, have access to our information. No, I don't, I'm not interested. I'm not zero, interested. what's the word? Zero tolerance. Yeah, zero tolerance. And that's all people <laughs> have to do. Start having is like our school systems. Let's go back to a zero tolerance policy. Everything. Next. Joyful Canine said, I freaking love the community. I feel so spoiled. Everyone is also so positive, engaging, non-judgmental. Well, that's not um, a fluke. Yeah. It's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence. We've created a wonderful audience. Yeah. We've created a wonderful audience of (laughs) non-assholes. It's true. Next. Uh, Avi said, community rocks. Love it. Yes. Julie says, we just did a board and train. Crate added. She was already used to the crate. I love the experience. She got this young lady is awesome and my nine month shepherd. She was awesome. Um, cool. I'm glad you enjoyed your boarding train. Good. It's good. Good. It's good when you actually get a good experience and the trainer trains you and you also have success. Yeah, that's the biggest. So if you're gonna send your dog to a boarding train, number one, find out. You know, you should be following them on social media. See, see what their philosophy is. See how they train. And then also make sure there's a level of expectation that's established prior to the boarding train. And then um, also find out how much training you get, how much training you get. And then also make sure the dogs go out in public and do public access. There are boarding trains out there that are in really large facilities. Even though we had a really large facility in Rhode Island, every day dogs went off property. Mm. They went off property. So when a lot of people have got a lot of dogs there's more okay, when you've got a high percentage of boarding train dogs per trainer, the trainers can't take the dogs like on excursions. There's not enough time. They've got to just keep turning dogs, keep turning dogs, keep, keep turning dogs. I remember once we went to a um, we did a, a seminar at a place, and we were talking to there's they had two trainers and they had 18 boarding train dogs at a time they did, mm-hmm. and the trainers were good, but 18 dogs it's impossible. It's impossible to go through those dogs. It's impossible to give those dogs enough work. Yeah, you know, it it just it just is literally impossible. So there's no way you can run through your public access, your obedience on leash and off leash, your state of mind training, your um, uh, enough exercise, and you know a lot of things. And sorry about the camera guy. Oh, what's going on tonight? Yeah, can you reconnect it on there? Yeah, they can still hear us though. Yeah. So, yeah. sorry. So weird. <laughs> What's going on tonight? We're gonna have to just use our normal weird camera. Um, okay, Allison says, "Happy Friday, everyone." Ten out of ten recommend joining the community. Thank you, Allison. Thank you so much. DM. I have a six-year-old Westie brood bitch that was going to be put down this week because how many, she how old? Six, six years. Six-year-old. She resource guards and bites men. I asked them to give me a week to see if I can change her mind. Yeah. I did kennel drills. And then it gets cut off. So I don't know if you want to put the second part of your question, yeah. but I can't read it in the way it is right now. I just like chopped it off, which is weird. Yeah, we were making we were making some. Um, oh yeah, we made resource guarding videos. We made today, some too. resource guarding videos to add. That'll go in the community too. Yeah, about and, and, and resource guarding dogs are killed. In fact, we talk about it. They're they're they're, they're put down, and all that stuff can be stopped. I mean, you can see in a week definitely is enough, more than enough time. But you can stop it in usually one or two sessions. Next. Um. Let's see. But yeah, TM fits. If you can give us more info, then we can give you a better answer. Mm. Katie said, oh, damn it, where is it? Okay. It got cut off again. What am I missing? Mm. Let's move on. 
Here we go. Looking for help on training a partially blind dog, abandoned. We care for him working on getting owner to surrender. Would like to work on jumping, gets excited and barking for food and attention um, to make him more adoptable. Right now, he usually stops jumping after we tell him no, Mm -hmm. unless he gets excited again, food and playing. Normally, I would work on place, settle, but I don't think he can really see me point to place because he is not technically ours. I don't want to use e-collar and would that be appropriate for a blind dog? Yeah, e-collar is great for all dogs. 100% of dogs. So first first of all, you have to learn how to stop an unwanted behavior and not use obedience to stop it. You can. We have a video, a free video on YouTube on how to stop jumping. It takes one second to stop a dog from jumping. One second. You just have to learn how to apply a punisher. As far as e-collar training, it's important that you understand fully how to train every behavior and stop every unwanted behavior because that way you would know I'm not bashing you either, but you would know that, yes, it can be worked on a blind dog, can be worked on a deaf dog, can be worked on a blind and deaf dog. So, but place, you don't always have to point to. The dog knows usually where the place is, especially if you start patterning it, patterning it, patterning it, patterning it. Um, is it ethical to, I'm uh, not ethical, is it right to train the dog on a knee collar to make it more adoptable? Of course it is. It, it's, it's, you should be doing everything possible to make it more adoptable. Everything. Everything. Yeah. Now, the biggest thing is, are the new people, um, uh, the the owners, going to keep up? That's the biggest thing. If they don't keep up, like that doesn't mean your training wasn't good. It means they untrain the dog. It's not that hard to do to untrain a dog. You know. Next. Ben says, any tips on keeping my dog's pinch collar up high? He loves to shake it down, and if I take a link out, it seems way too tight. Sometimes people will put another snugger, like a snug collar, like right underneath it, not underneath the actual prongs, but like lower on the neck, lower on the neck, lower on the neck, and that tends to keep that tends to keep it yeah, up. Usually, if you do e collar behind the prong, it holds it up. And if you don't use an e collar, just a, a flat buckle, a flat, whatever collar the dog's got on. Yeah, probably not a martingale because those slide down a little bit. But True. Like, like just something snug, something snug. Um, Joyful Canine said quality, not quantity for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's see. Goody says, how can I train a nervous young pit bull to not be aggressive and nervous? Okay. That's a really wide, humongous question, which takes even a bigger um, answer. So aggression, that's a lengthy process. Nervousness, that's a lengthy process. We have a course called the Fear a Fearful Dog Course that'll dramatically happen. But the bigger picture is Green to graduate would help a lot. Graduate, too. Like we have a lot of courses that would dramatically help. So I would join the community because you get Green to Graduate one and two mm-hmm. included, as well as a bunch of other courses. Coaching calls with us. You'll get coaching calls and we can help you. But first of all, you have to I'm not I don't know who you are and I don't know what your skill set is, but you have to understand how to fully train a dog. Like serious training you have to know how to keep the dog accountable you've got to understand rules and structure because all that stuff helps both of those issues but then you have to understand how to apply a punisher to stop aggression so you need to understand timing loading and how to rehab aggression that's not something we can answer on a podcast it's an intensive intensive rehabilitation process that's why most dog trainers don't do it. We do it all the time, but 
it's a six-week boarding train, so for me to answer it just on this, it can't be done. But you can start off, though, by... There's so many ways to help you, though. But we have, you can start off with lots of free videos. Mm -hmm. But the biggest thing I can tell you is start with lots of rules, lots of structure, be demanding of the dog. If the dog's afraid of doing something, work them through it. You might have to force them through it. They'll get over it. Everything is permission-based right now, but there's more to it than that. So a lot of people yeah. will say, I, you know, I've done training with my dog and it knows like two commands. And I'm like, I really don't care if it knows those commands because you can have a dog that's not nervous, not fearful, and knows no commands. Now, obviously though, we want to do everything. We want to do obedience training, training what we want, behavior modification, which is stopping what we don't want, good state of mind and confidence building. And that's what our board and train consists of. So it's a very, there's a lot of moving parts. If you just said, how do I stop a fearful dog? My spiel would have been just as long. I'm not trying to sell you on anything. I'm giving you lots of free, have a lot of free help. Now, and then if you ask me about aggression, that's a really long answer. Now you want um, both. So it, it, we work with those dogs all the time. We can help you, but it's if anybody can give you an answer in a podcast format in like three minutes, then that's that's a disservice, I think, to the person asking. So start with our free stuff on YouTube. Understand our philosophy. Think about um, you can always do a one-on-one -on -one consult. I would start out with, believe it or not, the most basic program we have, which is Green to Graduate. Mm -hmm. I would join our community though, because you get Green to Graduate one and two for free, as well as twice a month coaching calls. We have one tomorrow at four o'clock. So that is is under four hundred dollars, which is an incredible deal to literally basically save your dog's life. Um, if it's aggressive and also to have a better life for you, for the dog and for the people around you. Next. Let's see. Um, you guys are awesome. I have a question about keeping equal relationship with both my dogs. I see one being such a big brat, stealing toys, always interfering during play with the other one. We usually walk them together and do training together because of our schedule. We don't have enough time to do separate walks. Is there a way to combat that? Yeah. Cause it's not, it's not walk related. So it's not walk related. It's it's not even necessarily training related. And I'll explain that meaning you can train them together. But what I would do is the dog should have a bomb proof place command and you have that dog watch. So your dog is in a is in a mentally rested position, physically rested position while your other dog works. You're still working both dogs at the same time. Also teach that dog out away from things. We have a free video on YouTube. It's called out away from people. You can use the exact same protocol. So if your dog is playing, your one dog is playing with something, the other dog comes over to steal it, that dog could be, be outed, meaning sent away. And also you can also, once if the dog, once the dog knows a good no, you can also just correct that dog. Um, Ecow would be great to correct that dog. But follow our protocol on um, out away from people. That'll dramatically help. Also teach that dog that's the one that's Sounds, sounds like creating all these problems teach that one to go to a place or go to a down don't move and watch you do all kinds of stuff with your other dog it's funny because we just filmed this exact thing today yeah. with hulk mm -hmm. we have a dog here for board and train right now he's the same way he's been in lots of dog fights over toys yeah. and he thinks that whenever courtney who's our head trainer if her dog's playing with a toy he'll try and like rush her right. We filmed the whole thing today, how we stopped it. So 
imagine, that's going to go in the community. So imagine this, and this all happened in um, literally 15 minutes too. Before we did the training with this dog, if you threw a toy and a dog went after it, it would actually go after the dog and attack it. It would attack the dog, not playfully. Today we showed that we threw a toy, Cody's dog went after it. This dog, instead of going after the toy, backed away, laid down, got as far away from that dog as possible. That was all taught. Now, meanwhile, these dogs can still hang out together, walk together, do stuff together. They're not related. One's a client dog, one's a trainer, the trainer's dog. But in this context, though, we're like, no, you can't do this because the dog attacks other dogs and it doesn't always win. It gets his ass handed to it. So eventually, the dog is going to end up killed, seriously hurt, kill another dog, seriously hurt another dog, or be stuck in a lawsuit. But he's also reactive now because it's not good to be getting in dog fights all the time. Right. So, So, let's see. Avi said, thanks for agreeing to graduate, too, in the community. Mm. You're welcome. You're welcome. Okay, well, if I started doing speed drills with my dog, place to down, to kennel, to recall. Ten minutes of this, and he's wiped. It's so much fun. Yeah, yeah. And it's also good for the dog. And it's also good... You know, all, one more thing to start doing with the dog is start, believe it or not. So we we want to get dogs above threat. This is another common thing. Don't get your dog above threshold. It's the most unethical thing in the world. Mm. It's like, don't, don't, um, don't teach your children how to deal with stress. Make sure you give your kids everything they ever need. Never make them self-sufficient. Um, and then, you know, literally, there's no responsibilities the kids have. You have never shown them how to work through stress. You've never had to show them how to work through adversity because you're not going to need to. Because this thing about COVID, that's never going to happen when there's massive lockdowns and people lose their job. You can't even go to family's funerals, which and none of that stuff is stressful. So don't worry about it. It's like, no, you need to teach your kids and your dogs, and I'm not putting, they're not, they're not the same. And you also need to teach yourself how to handle stress. So one good thing we do is we actually want to work dogs above threshold. Once they understand the basics of all their obedience work, we actually add so many distractions. We actually throw them off with speed work as well. We want to confuse them on purpose. We're not changing our tune. We're not saying like, down and if they down we correct them it's like no we're not doing that but what we'll do is we'll do the speed drills like you said boom 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 we'll add distractions while they're doing it we'll try to confuse them well if they're in place we'll do three times we'll all of a sudden say break but maybe the fourth time we'll say kennel so they have to go from their place to the uh, kennel without a break which you can do you can layer a command over another command without having a release word like we'll do all these things They'll be not only mentally and physically exhausted, they'll be better prepared for the real world. Mm. Next. Stacy says, wow, you were talking about my dog, Crazy Kate. Everything is hers and she's king of her mountain. Luckily, dog number two lets her be Crazy Kate, the owner of all toys. So, you know, the reason why I was speaking of your dog, because we've worked with so many of these dogs. Mm-hmm. That's why. So that's why I don't need to assess a dog, to work with a dog. Because... The, the assess- pretty much seen it all the assessment not only have we seen it all the assessment though is from the owner who might not be as knowledgeable no fault of theirs 
So they see it one way. They see it from the owner's standpoint. We see it from a dog trainer, people mm. with a lot of experience standpoint. So we see it differently. And that, that's why. That's why we know how to stop things. That's why when I sometimes when I come across on the podcast, is cocky. It's like, no, I'm just confident and life is short. And I'm not going to hold back information that's going that's to work for people. I'm not going to be like, oh, I'll get back to you. Now, obviously, sometimes they say you need to do a one-on-one. That's not so I can buy time. That's because it's a very lengthy response. Next. Um, Kate says, Joel, thank you for interpreting my scramble text and figuring it out. Yeah. Also, thank you for the help in videos. I bought Green and Graduate a year ago mm. and have found it helpful to use parts with various short-term fosters. Good. Awesome. Good, Good. yeah. Every and dog can benefit from training. Every dog can, you know, and, and then I mean, it gets them more adoptable. But here's, here's a funny story, though, about training a foster dog. Well, I did a seminar in Hawaii. This goes back a long time ago. I did one out on Maui. Probably seven, eight years ago, maybe. And um, uh, why was I was there for a week. And because um, I also helped the local shelter. So I, I helped a little, someone flew me over there. All right. Oh, so, yeah. so, so somebody flew me over there because we do that. We'll fly. We'll fly to you. You put us up. You get us a car. You know. You know. We, we, you know. You know. Food and stuff like that. A stipend for that. So I mean, we we will we will do that. It's not cheap, but we'll do it. Um, and while we were there for a week, I was like, why don't we go? Why don't we take a dog from this rescue, bring it back to um, the house, and um, work with it for a week, and then get it adopted out? That'd be a lot of fun. So in one week, that dog became trained and they actually even went um kayaking with me because they live right you know by the water um and then a family came with two kids and they didn't take the dog and the reason why they didn't take the dog is because oh he's too calm we were hoping for a dog more energetic and i'm like do you mean a dog that jumps on your kids and is disrespectful to your kids space most most people want dogs actually when their kids walk up to it it's calm that way you don't get you don't get play bit you don't get really bit you don't get jumped on they don't bite your bite at your clothing they don't run around the backyard trying to steal such a weird thing to things. say Just he's like, too you, calm you don't want a calm dog now we're not talking about like lazy this is a high drive dog but the dog was trained to be calm around people and not to jump on people, but people yeah. actually want it's like go throw a toy with it, and people like actually, people actually want dogs to jump on them. They want them to be out of control because mm -hmm. that's their interpretation of love, happiness. Yep. Next, let's see. Jan said, "Love the community. Thank you both for all you do." Oh my gosh, thank you, thank you. I'm so glad everybody's enjoying it. Mm. Kind of our little passion project, yeah. putting a lot into it. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a lot more in 2024. I have a lot of videos I need to edit. <laughs> Um, that's it right now. Nothing on Rumble. Mm -hmm. Hey, Rumble, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and then all the different podcast platforms. It's a pleasure to always have you. Thank you for listening live. Thank you for listening to the replays. Uh, maybe, you know, we don't do any advertising, so it'd be great if folks um, shared the show, liked the show. Mm -hmm. um, and but just take also the biggest the biggest favor would be. Take the content and apply it. Yeah. Take the knowledge that we're spewing and apply it. You know, I've been doing this for 16 years, the podcasting. Um, I think it's been 16 years. Pretty sure. Probably. I mean, I did a radio show for six, I think. I think for six years I did a radio show. Dang. And then I did. Were you, then, how many days a week did you do that? Just once a week. 
And you had to Saturday. you had to go into like a studio. Yeah, I went to I went to a and people would just call in. Yeah, I went to a Citadel studio. So people listening could hear the person asking the question and then hear your yeah. answer. So it was it was it was myself and a co-host who would ask the questions, and we were in a, a regular booth. Oh, just like it is now, except for a little bit more sophisticated. No, yeah. but what I'm saying is, you didn't let the caller ask the question. No, the caller asked the question. They, so what happened is, there's an editor. I'm sorry, there's a producer. So the producer is in a booth with a piece of glass there, mm-hmm. and they're running the phones and running the soundboard. Okay. So they would, someone would call in, he'd pick up the phone, he'd be like, you know, you know, what would Jeff do? AM 790. And, um, and then, oh, you have a question for Jeff? Great. And then he'd patch them through. And my lights would, I had a phone line. How many calls would you get? Not a ton. No. Not a ton. I feel like that. Yeah. I feel like that wasn't a demand. Like, um, it just, it was, it was, it wasn't a humongous show. It was a small show. You know, but it was on a really big. That's pretty cool, though. Big, you did it for six years. I think it was six because I think I went through two contracts. Did you decide I'm going to do a radio show, or did someone approach you? No. So the way I did it was I was I used to do a lot of networking. I not know this by now. Uh, we used to go to a lot of networking events, and I used to go to a lot of um, I did a lot of uh, trade shows, and I, I had in one networking event, which was at a trade show, and then networking was the Chamber of Commerce put it on it in Rhode Island Chamber of Commerce, Providence Chamber of Commerce, actually. But it was since it was one of their. Um, uh, set one of their trade shows. It was statewide, so you had, you had the Northern Rhode Island, the Southern Rhode Island, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And there was every every major radio station in the state was there mm. in a booth. And I walked up to, into every single booth, and I said, "You pitched them your show." I pitched them my show, and everybody said no except for one company. And then I met with a general manager, and I told them what I wanted to do, and they gave me a time slot. And what time was it at? Uh, that's a really fucking good question. Was it like morning or afternoon? It was morning, and I'm thinking almost 8 a.m. Okay, but you did it for six years, so it must have been a good show. Well, our weekend shows are, 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 it's not like, yeah, I could be fired, I guess, but it's not like your talent as a DJ, which they, those folks get fired all the time. But 92 Pro FM, which is... 92 yeah, Pro FM. Yeah, they're, 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 <laughs> you know, they're they're you know they're a part of that, that jingle. And man. I was a guest on on ninety four HJY every once in a while, which is like Jeff Charles and mm. stuff like that. That's that that's when I was all rock and roll, like interesting rock, rock and roll. Yeah. So and I did radio. And I did you know I was a guest on TV once in a while. So I mean I used to, I mean you have to remember when I first started my career, I was freaking you know seven days a week. Yeah. To the wall. So I was doing everything, everything possible to build a business. Lynn says you helped me with the e collar training my coonhound eight years ago. Look at that, mm. Lynn's OG. She died from cancer in May. Oh, oh I'm so sorry. sorry. My sisters and I are planning on getting another dog or maybe two. Mm. I'm 73. My sister is 11 years younger. <clears throat> Where to begin with unknown behaviors? We're going to shelters. Lots of dogs needing homes and two cats. Should we set up training? Sorry, I'm so late. I'll send an email. So um, we're down in Florida now. So um, you probably hired us when we were in Rhode Island, um, obviously, eight years ago. And, you know, number one, when you pick out a dog, be careful about picking up the nervous, fearful ones. Now, that doesn't mean they can't come out of their shell once they're out there, but be careful. I'd rather have the dog that's literally jumping on the kennel all out of control because that we can stop really quick. Like instantly we can stop that. Um, but nervous, fearful dogs, now that dog might open up by just getting out of the cat, just getting out of the shelter system. That dog might start doing really well. But we're getting a lot of dogs right now that are just not wired right, that have got low drive 
There'd be a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety, and that's challenging. It's challenging enough, especially someone, you know, um, like yourself. What I mean by that is you want to, um, you want to really start enjoying this dog. I imagine with your sisters, you know, pretty quick. And I don't want you to have to spend, you know, years getting the dog to a good space. I want you to be able to be in, you know, weeks or months. So we've got a lot of online courses now, which we didn't have when, when you, when we first, um, uh, did you know work work with you so i would start with green to graduate or i would actually start with joining our community we have an online community it's a paid platform it's cheaper than a, one of our courses in a council with us meanwhile you get numerous courses you get a plus green to graduate like-minded people you get two courses that equal over the the yearly fee and then you get a bunch of other mini courses that are just like thousands of dollars worth of value into it and um, I would probably join that, and that'll get you almost everything you need. Next. Um, let's see. Snugglebun said, I picked my first Papillon as a puppy because she was the calm one. Turned out she was sick with kennel cough. Yeah. Oh, man. So another thing is... She had energy once she got better. Another thing is when you have dogs that are sick, you get them from the shelter, or they are um, just had surgery, and they appear to be calm. When you bring them home after a little bit, also, if you're not doing the right stuff, you'll end up with sometimes, a lot of times, a not a control dog. Next. Um, let's see. Nancy said, always great listening. My first German Shepherd died at the age of 13, three years ago. I totally missed him in my eight years of training and all the nice people we met along the way. Yeah. I still listen to your show for three years. My new pup is definitely benefiting from all your advice you give for free. Keep up good, the good work. Good. Yeah, sorry about the loss, but 13, though, now a German Shepherd guy. Um, which doesn't mean I can go up to every German Shepherd out there and pet them. Um, I'm a German Shepherd guy, and um, and anything above ten, I've always said, is 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 a gift. But thirteen is a is a nice nice healthy age, and it just it just sucks. It just sucks. Um, I've lost you know a good half dozen German Shepherds, and um, it just sucks. It does, but I'll be getting another one soon. Next. Let's see. Instagram. I don't want to skip Instagram. Uh, Legos is the best way to introduce two dominant dogs. Well, it's not that necessarily they're dominant. That is a, that's a small factor, how to introduce two dogs. So number one, I don't know the dogs other than they're dominant. We have um, a socialization course. We too. have a socialization course. I mean, I don't know you or your skill set or your philosophy or anything like that. But a couple of things. are they, Do they live together? Or are they friends? Like, I mean, like, is it two separate households? But what you can start doing is you can own a dominant dog. So Wes, Joel's dog, is an extremely dominant dog. Extremely dominant dog. And he can be around um, all the dogs we come in contact with. All of them. Because he understands that just because you're dominant, we're more dominant. That doesn't mean mean. That doesn't mean yelling. That doesn't mean like, you know, threats. It just means you, if, if a dog respects you as a leader and that's who you are, you're not an equal, you're a leader. I can't stand this conversation out there about pet parents and dogs are equals and da 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 da. And it's like, like, are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? You're trying to tell me that animal in my backyard that's eating fucking shit is equal to me? I don't think so. No. Nope, because if, you know, not, not only are they not using a fork and knife, they're so fucking uncivilized, no napkin, you know, they're wiping their freaking faces on the grass. No, there's no equality there. So the biggest thing is going to be you start with leadership skills. 
So leadership skills, make sure you've got a dog that actually listens to you. Make sure you've got a dog that actually um, looks at you as a figure of authority. Um, and then with two dominant dogs, now, even if they're intact, so you can absolutely have two intact males um, and they don't have to ever fight. You know, um, you're probably you're, you're, you're taking a higher chance with two females, frankly. Um, and you just have to make sure that everybody understands the rules and then you know what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. The first thing, though, is I would just go for a walk. Just go for a walk. You know, next. Deb says, could you take two... Border Terriers, Boston Terriers maybe, for board and train with bite history end of January? No, we can't take anybody right now until February or so, end of February, Deb, end of February, which isn't much longer, you know, and right now if they're, are they with bite history? So right now, if like, if they're going after each other, keep them separate, if they're going after other people, just manage, manage, manage it right now. But we can do it, Deb, though, first of all, you know, Fill out a short form so I can give you a contact so I can call you and we can talk. We can talk about it. Maybe we, not Court, Courtney's booked, but maybe the two of us. I don't know. We're taking a dog. We're taking. We're taking another dog. Though remember, is that confirmed though? Yeah, we have to. We have no choice. And then we also have to. Then we also have Crystal's dogs that she's gonna have a baby soon. <laughs> That's right. So, so it's like who wants to come work for us for a month? No, no, <laughs> that's kidding. a joke. It's that's a joke. A joke. Okay. <laughs> So that's a joke. Not as not, not not as much of a joke as that fart that just came out of West. So, Did he fart? Oh my God! You don't smell Poor it. Yet. No, it hasn't oh, hit me yet. Oh God! Okay. So um, awful. So what you can do is obviously you can't work for us. Okay. Um, so um, we have to take him out to dinner. By the way, when he comes here with us. Oh, I was already planning on it. Um. So let's talk. Let's talk, Deb. Um, let's see. Kim said, funny, Jeff, no napkin. Mm -hmm. Um, let's see. I mean, it's not like it's got sleeves to wipe it. Deb said, yes, stuff. border terriers. Yeah. Avi said, hold on. Nancy said, what's up with dog farts? Wes farts so much, dog man. Farts are I don't real. know. Dog farts are real. It's terrible. Yeah. It's usually an indication he has to poop, but he has already pooped today. Yeah. Maybe yeah. he has he's, to poop again. He's, uh, he's such a scheduled pooper. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's, it's like you. You know, as soon as you had a cup of coffee in you, I can freaking start the five minute that's clock. Everybody. <laughs> start the five, everybody. Start the five minute clock. Boop. Look at my watch. 30 seconds. 15 Shut seconds. Up. And right at 15 seconds, I'm like, Joelle, I want to talk to you about something. She's like, I can't right now. I got to go to the bathroom. Nancy says, is it from raw food? I don't think so. I, I, oh, that's like so, Wes has always been a farter, so, but then again, he's always been on raw. Like his whole well, life. there's many dogs that are not on raw and that don't eat. They've got the nastiest farts. So. DM fits on Rumble. We never got to answer your question because it was cut off. No. So if you're still watching, we'd love to help you. <laughs> um, that's it right now, though. But it's seven fifty-six anyway. Show is coming to a close. Um, Solid Canine Academy. Let's check out the community. Today's the last day that. Uh, what happens after with a with a with a uh, separation anxiety course today at midnight? The price goes up. The price goes up. Okay, so separation anxiety. The price goes up, um, and then also let's 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 start uh, thinking about. Um, 
What was I gonna say? Oh shoot, it was another course. Darn it. Anyway, must not have been important. Okay, you know. All right. Abby said kibble farts are nastier, and Cheryl says dies laughing. <laughs> I don't even want to know. <laughs> We've crossed a lot of lines on this show tonight. Maybe Angela wants to say goodbye. Nancy said Jordan enjoyed Angelo's knowledge show of the Pokemon. Oh, good. Nancy, listen to one. Is it Pokemon or Pokemon? Uh, Is it like potato, potato? It really doesn't matter. But you want to hear a really good show, especially if you like astronomy, listen, um, tune into show number 20. Angela's Fun Facts number 20. He just did 21. That one we had to rush through because we had to um, uh, eat dinner. Um, but uh, he'll be on again Astrology. next week. Astrology. Astronomy. Astronomy. Astrology is... Uh, oh, yeah, that's like uh, the stars. That's... that's hey, I follow astrology. There are there are elements of it that are there are there are elements of it that are based more on fact, but there's a lot of also like crystal ballish type. Seems stuff. like every time I ask someone their sign, it's true. It's like, oh yeah, you're definitely a Taurus. Mm-hmm. Capricorn. He's a Capricorn, can't you tell? No. Oh yeah, he's a Capricorn. You are a Taurus. Okay. And I'm a Libra. Okay. Not a Libra. So Angelo, did you want to say anything? Kim said, "Do fart facts." (laughs) You should. (laughs) Right. So, uh, tune in next week. I can't give you a day yet. Thursday. Oh well, tune in next Thursday, I guess. Five p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Papa. Five p.m. Eastern Standard Time, as you just heard, and there's gonna be a joke. Oh, it's a good joke. I laughed at it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was funny. All right, Ange. Thank you, buddy. When you get ready for bed, my love. Sure thing. Thank you. All right, everybody. All of you, too. Everybody go get ready for bed. Everybody get ready for bed. It's 8 o'clock. Brush, brush your teeth. Take a shower. Wash your hair. All right. Take care, everybody. Madly in love with all of you. Good night. Bye-bye.